You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Aging Starts Now podcast. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, one of the attorneys and a partner here at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are speaking with Sherry Perry about the global pandemic from the perspective of, of a certified nursing assistant. Sherry has been a certified nursing assistant for 34 years, and she serves as chairman of the board of the National Association of Healthcare Assistants. Sherry, welcome. We are so honored to have you as a guest today. Thank you, and I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Well, I think the first thing we should start out talking about is uh, it's always good to know who we're talking to. And so a certified nursing assistant for over 34 years, and I think a lot of our listeners, they know the term and they've, they've run into those people in the healthcare world, but they're not always clear on, on what you do. So maybe you can share what a CNA's duties are uh, and where they're found to give some people uh, some perspective on where you're, uh, where you're coming from. Sure. Um, Certified nursing assistants are responsible for um, the daily care of the patients, such as bathing and dressing and um, toileting and feeding and just your day-to-day daily routines that we get up and do every morning for ourselves, only they're not able to. So, we're there to do it for them. Got it. And and. With the coronavirus, because that's really what we want to talk about here today, everyone's day-to-day life has been affected by COVID. And so if you are someone whose whose sole job here is to help other people with their day-to-day life, it has to really be impactful from your perspective. How has it been for someone who works in the healthcare field and works with seniors to deal with this pandemic and, and still provide the services that you do? Um, Our whole routine has been, you know, uh, completely redone. You know, when we have people uh, sick anyway and they have a hard enough time adjusting to their life as it is now, then when you take away the family visits and a lot of their group activities, you see a lot of behaviors develop, a depression comes on. Um, And as far as us, we we pick up and we have to be um, the one that, listens to them, their ear, because there's not anybody else there. We're all they see day in and day out. That's right. You're you're almost like a counselor on top of everything else these days, aren't you? Yes, and a beautician and everything else, because no one is allowed into the facility to do the things that, you know, they normally would do. And so, therefore, we are the ones that do it for them to at least give them some kind of normalcy uh, that they can depend on. Well, and, and I'll bet for a, a lot of CNAs, uh, they didn't realize they'd be wearing that many hats uh, when they they first started doing this. And now due to COVID, um, there's been a, a lot more you guys have had to take on, isn't there? So much more. And one of the probably the most um, 
thing that really probably touches us most of all in our profession is when people pass. Now, we've had people pass that isn't COVID-related. That's part of life. But the people, the families aren't allowed to come in as much and sit with them till they take that last breath. They're only allowed certain visits for, you know, for so long of a time. So we're there, the ones, the families depend on us to be there when they take that last breath and to tell them in their ear that, you know, it's okay and, and they are loved and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it is a, it's big shoes to fill. When, when you talk to uh, other CNAs uh, across the country, uh, your duties on the board, but with those incredibly difficult moments, how do you guys deal with it as a profession and as a practitioner? Uh, the emotional toll just has to be uh, enormous, almost overwhelming at times. H- how do you guys handle that? It is. It's very emotional. It's very overwhelming. And we take it very personal. Because people doesn't realize that when you're a CNA, you develop such relationships, not only with your patients, but your family members. Before COVID hit, you know, CNAs, we we like to ha- satisfy our family. So they come in and they know that they're going to be up and dressed and doing their daily routines. And it's important for CNAs, to, for their families to know and trust us that now that COVID hit and they can't come in, we're still going to do the same thing as if they were coming in. Our routine has not changed. That is incredible. Well, and and on top of that, I, I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that you're, you're worried about catching COVID as well. What what do CNAs do because they have this these interpersonal interactions and you can't do your jobs without being within six feet of people and, and being really in their personal spaces, you provide these such necessary services. What kind of PPE do the CNAs do during the pandemic? What kind of PPP, a PPE do they wear? Uh, and has there been enough? There has not been enough. Tell you that right off the bat. Um, different places are different as far as what they require them to wear. Um, we do wear an N95s and we wear an additional mask over that. And we do wear our gowns and goggles or face shields. But with that being said, when you're providing care and you're there with them and you're rolling them, they're going to be touching you, you know, and so, you know, there is no way to, to distance yourself from that. And as far as how we deal with the possibility of getting COVID, we put ourselves at risk so they, hopefully, they won't get it. We'd rather we get it than them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, and, and I can't imagine having to make that decision essentially on a daily basis. I, every day that you guys get up and you go in to do your jobs, you're, you're taking that risk uh, to make sure that these, these seniors are cared for. That is, it is beyond admirable. I, uh, when you see it from your perspective, because you guys are there at the granular level, you, you see it right where the seniors are getting the care provided. And I, want to ask, how do you think the pandemic has been handled from from your profession's perspective? Horribly. 
I don't know other, no other word to say. It's, it was handled horribly and not necessarily by our facilities or anything like that, but by the government. I mean, we were left behind. Um, we wasn't even thought about when this first hit. So when facilities started getting COVID and everybody was, why are we allowing this to happen? We wasn't provided with everything like the hospitals and stuff was. We were an afterthought, basically. Yeah, they 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 surged things to the hospitals, and they they had a, a, a you know as often the case, there's a, a limited amount of stuff, and it, it's it's frustrating at, on your guys' level to to feel like you're left behind in that because you still have a job to do, and you want to do it the very best you can, and when you're limited like that, it, it makes it more difficult, doesn't it? It does, and not only that, if we don't have the proper uh, PPE to protect ourselves, and there's already such a shortage of CNAs and we're out sick with it who who's going to be there to do what we do oh I know how how often do you see uh facilities being short-staffed with CNAs over this pandemic I mean was it is it effectively the new normal or was you know was there a surge of of shortages at first and now there's been some equilibrium achieved or how has that been there's been shortages for a while um but as COVID hit, we had people walk away because they didn't want the risk of taking it home to their families and so on. And we had some who stayed. But the problem we find is that when we are out, see, not only do we have to be out with COVID if we, if we get it, we also, if we're exposed, whether we're exposed at home or whether we're exposed on the job or wherever, we have to then be out again another 14 days. So, That's right. So we're not, so we're just like, you know, in and out, in and out if we're exposed at work, at home, and that takes away from the number of caregivers again there to provide the care that the patients need. Right. So what happens if, I mean, that's startling that there were people who just kind of walked away from the job and it under underlines and underscores how serious uh, just the coronavirus has been and, and how harsh the effects can be. If you have, if you catch COVID or you've been exposed and, and aren't allowed to go into work, what does that do just for getting paid? Uh, is, there, is there a pause in pay? Are they required to continue to pay you while you're quarantining? How does that work? Um, it's As far as being quarantined, it's basically up to the administrator. But um, if you have COVID and you don't have vacation or sick time or short-term disability, you're pretty much out of luck. That's that boy. I mean, you, you, it, it seems like CNAs are just taking the lion's share of the risk here, both with their uh, just their medical health, their financial health, uh, all, all to take care of these seniors. That that is unbelievable. Um, that they could be out of luck like that. Is there is there a push to have that adjusted somehow? We are, as um, the National Association of Healthcare Assistants are right now, um, pushing for that. Okay, through through like some some lobbying, through the, yeah, through you know lobbying, government advocacy, and stuff like that. Yes. 
Yeah, because I mean, without without you guys, these facilities they, they really can't function. If you don't have CNAs in there to help with these activities of daily living, uh, it, it it just comes to a screeching halt, doesn't it? It does, and 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 the patients are the ones who suffer, and that's the sad part, you know, um, because they're there to be taken care of, and and that they can't do at home for themselves, and when that isn't provided it's just sad it's just sad that they have to be there and not receive the care that they deserve well that's it it is sad and it's a it, and it's a big blind spot that that they were somehow left behind as they were surging PPEs and everything else uh, they they needed that assistance just like all the other facilities it is kind of shocking to hear the uh, now you had your own bout of covid as as you did all this do you want to talk a little bit about that Sure. I was tested positive on the 8th of December. Um, I really didn't, ha- I didn't have any symptoms of temperature when, uh, or anything when the um, test was positive. It was the rapid test. So they came down and done an, a more thorough one to send to the lab. And we all thought really it was going to come back as a false positive because I had nothing. I didn't feel bad. No symptoms came home. Um, and then later that evening, I got hit with a temp of almost 104, and I went down hard with it and was in the hospital twice and to the doctor several times. And I developed COVID lung. I developed a blood clot and, um, you know, several other issues, pleurisy, <laughs> you name it. It developed on me and a lot of medication. I'm still on a lot of medication, at least for a couple more months. So you never know how it's going to affect you. That's right. And in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you, you're, you're not a senior citizen or an elderly person. You're relatively young and, and, and healthy, and that impacted you that strongly. That I, I think that, again, underscores the severity of this disease. The uh, Tell people what is COVID lung. I had never heard that term before. Uh, it develops in your lungs. Um, it's not pneumonia, but it's something like pneumonia and on a CAT scan, what it looks like is um, my lungs were look like they were filled full of coffee-colored shards of glass, and it's very painful. Um, when you cough, I felt like my lungs were being ripped apart. So um, there's nothing really they can do for it. It's, it's a virus, so there's no antibiotic. It's kind of you have to wait it out till it clears up on its own. That is unbelievable. And you're, you're still taking some medications to this day, correct? I'm taking inhalers, breathing treatment, steroids. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it's amazing what, what you have gone through to, to make sure that, that your seniors are taken care of. The, uh, the vaccine is kind of the new topic du jour, if you will, now that it's being rolled out. Uh, what are CNAs saying about the vaccine? Are they looking forward to taking it? Are they concerned because uh, the quick development? What, what What's a CNA's perspective on this vaccine? They're concerned um, because a lot of them are, uh, the things that we're hearing is, well, you know, there's, there's cancer. How long have we been fighting cancer and we, we can't develop a cure for cancer and we can't develop a cure for so many other things, a TV, you know, TB and all that. Uh, we can, of course, have vaccinations for some of it, HIV, you know, all that, but we can't come up with a cure. So how do you develop a vaccine that fast uh, in a few months for something that we know nothing about and the regulations of how to handle it and how we catch it and how we pass it on is changing daily, minute by minute. And um, 
how do you come up with a vaccination for that when you can't even really define? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, what people are learning, I think every day they're learning new things about this virus and as they, as everyone works to get it in control. And uh, so what happens if you're a CNA and the facility says, we want you to get vaccinated? What what happens in that dilemma? They can want you to, uh, and you don't have to, but if they mandate it for people to take it, you will see probably a whole lot of people walk out, walk away, walk away from the profession. And the profession can't take that kind of hit, basically. Wow. That is that is really interesting. The uh, Well, hopefully that they continue to get good results from the vaccine and hopefully uh, uh, people start to feel more and more uh, assured that they got it right. Because uh, I think most people look at the vaccine as the light at the end of the tunnel that with the, between the vaccine and between herd immunity, um, the, that we can start getting back to our, our daily lives. And, you know, this phrase, the quote unquote new normal that I don't think anyone likes to hear, you know, we don't want this to be our new normal. We want to get back to the old normal and, and have this, this terrible disease back under control. So, uh, I, I hope, I hope, uh, I think like most people that this vaccine ends up showing that it is effective and it is safe uh, and that we can feel like everyone is well protected here moving forward. Uh, it'll certainly uh, allow for 2021 to be a, a better year over 2020, I think, at that point. So, uh, well, Sherry, I cannot thank you enough for being here, sharing your, your literally decades of experience, um, the firsthand account of, of going through this disease and the firsthand accounts of, of how you help out your patients. You truly put your, your health and safety in jeopardy to make sure that our seniors were cared for. And I don't think there's a, a large enough thank you out there, not only for you, but for all the CNAs out there that do this difficult work day in and day out under uh, what can only be described as extraordinary conditions. So thank you for what you do and thank you for sharing your time to be on our show, Sherry. Thank you for having me. And just so you know, most CNAs consider it an honor to take care of our elders because they are our past. We wouldn't be where we're at today if they hadn't made the way for us. So it's an honor for us. I'm so glad you highlighted that, Sherry. Thank you so much. That'll be it for today's episode. I'd like to thank Sherry again for joining us and thank all of our listeners for listening. Join us next week for another episode of the Aging Starts Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. 
we would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 